You believe in Chris? Yeah, I'm believing. I'm believing. Yes. I'm believing too. Four point seven thousand six hundred miles, four days. I'm definitely believing. It's, sure. it's 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 looking a lot better than I thought it would at this point. Yeah, no, I mean we've ever but since this, we ever since we lost to NYCFC, it's it's been it's been it's been entertaining to say the least. No, right, we get our rematch later on, but we'll talk about that later on in the episode. This is episode number eight of Battered Heron. We are the Men in Pink, and we are here to recap two games. Probably not going to get too into detail since it's two games. One of them was literally seven days ago. We're recording on Wednesday, right before the All Star game. We were actually recording a little earlier than usual, so we can catch that All Star game. Yeah, you're going to watch it today, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to watch it. My son is dying to watch that game. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be rooting for Yedlin the whole time, right? That's his boy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, before we get on to the games, I need to start off today. Like, I guess I started off last time, and I think this is like the third episode that I might start off this way. But I feel like it's necessary. <laughs> Hashtag, I'm sorry, why? I'm sorry. That's all I can say. Yeah. If it wasn't I mean, for it's, this and it's man... Yeah, and it's only fitting that the, the, the blip is under your box. It's really only fitting. Oh, no, definitely. For those of you not watching on YouTube, we have a, a little title that pops up, and it's right under my my uh, my image. It says, I'm sorry, Wayne, because I truly am sorry. Again, I have not just on this show, but on Twitter and even in the stadium, I have been one of his largest haters, and he has proved me wrong. Time and time again over the last five or six games. And honestly, with the way Campana was one playing before he got injured and the fact that he's still injured and will be injured for who knows how long, if it wasn't for this man, Higuain, we might not be in the playoff race anymore. Well, I mean, like I was mentioning to you a little bit before we started the show, I, I was just looking into the injury for, for Campana. And about two days ago, it was actually updated on Inter Miami's, you know, uh, website, and it shows that he, I guess, had a strain, a left quad strain, and it shows that he's going to be missing approximately four to six weeks, you know, with him sidelined, and then we got Robbie Robinson down for the count. You know, we're talking about Iguain's going to be the the main main striker on this team once again. Once again, and we have no backup. Because after Higuain, it was Campana's not there, and Coco Jean was kind of the backup striker, right? Because he could play wing, he could play striker, but yeah, he played a full ten minutes for us, and he's already out for who knows how long. Do you do you have an update on his injury? Yeah. Do you know how long he's going to be out? That I do not. Oh. That I do not. I don't have any sort of update on his injury. I'll, I'll look into it uh, while you sort of filibuster, or while I filibuster. Um, well, since we're talking about the whole know, Iguain it, thing. It, I'm definitely going to be looking looking in. Iguain has been not only finishing, but he's been creating a lot better. I think the the, the chemistry that he has with Pozuelo is – I'm very surprised. I thought that it was going to take some time for them to get going together. But it got to the point where I feel like they're playing so well off of each other that I was okay with him starting over Campana. That's how, that's how much I feel like he's improved since Pozuelo has been on the field. And I've, I would have never thought that I'd be saying something like that. But I really am happy that we have Higuain. Uh, am I going to feel like that in two months? I'm hoping so. I mean, only time will tell. 
if, for sure, I don't think we'd be in this position. Or like, I, I have hope. I believe, as our intro said, I believe that we can make the playoffs. Without Iguain, I don't know if that belief would still be there. I don't think so either because we're we're not going to have anybody, uh, not just in the caliber of how Iguain plays, in the sense of you know his experience, but we're talking about he's probably. I mean, I, I really can't think of another player other than maybe Lasseter, maybe that is just ready to strike at at, at any given moment. Because even Lasseter sometimes he sometimes doesn't even pull the trigger. He hesitates a little bit. Um, but Iguain, when he sees when he sees daylight, it, it's it's on. Well, well, I mean, now that you brought up Lasseter, I guess it's it's the perfect time to transition into San Jose, and we pulled out that W, right? And it was a big deal for a few reasons. One, because we never win on the road. Uh, two, now that Manny's face, uh, well, Chris is, seems to have left the uh, the program, but it was a big deal because one, Sorry we never went on the road. I was just adjusting something. Yes, all right. Uh, we never went on the road. We never score on the road. And, I mean, by some miracle, we managed to score one goal, which, honestly, it should have been, what, four, five, six, hit you with the LeBron, seven. Yeah, you know, yeah. it should have been quite yes. a few. But, of course, Emerson yeah. and Lasseter were on the end of those chances, and that goes back to the importance of Iguain because without Iguain and Campana, Relying on Emerson and Lasseter to finish some of those chances, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. Now, the beginning of that game, when we got to see Campana playing alongside Higuain, Pozuelo, and Robert Taylor, those 15, first 15, 20 minutes, that looked amazing. But unfortunately, yeah, Campana's now out. And uh, who was it that came to the rescue? That was uh, your boy. What, what Your boy, Jean Mota. With, I mean, uh, and... and- and that was a that was a hell of a strike that he did from outside of the box. I mean, it, clearly he took it right off the bounce, and it was it was a very very nice strike, and definitely one that we needed. You, you, and it's funny because when he scored this, I remember the conversation we had a couple episodes ago when we said what player would get gassed more after a goal, and we said Emerson for sure, yeah, and then we said a close second Mota. And Mota needed that because he's been trying. He's been trying all season to get a goal outside the box. That's his first official goal because he yeah. scored one against Orlando in the, the Open Cup. But official regular season, Inter-Miami goal, that was his first. And it couldn't have come at a better time because literally the only goal we were able to mustard. You know that I, one thing I wanted to mention to you, uh, Campana has the, the, the highest total scoring attempts on the team at 49. The next one up... After before him is Mota at 41. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he, he plays holding midfield, it's basically a CDM. How he's getting that many scoring chances. It's after the game, I saw an interview and he said, This is I like when we play with three CBs in the back, three center backs, because it gives me a chance to be more aggressive offensively. Yeah. Mota, we don't want you to be more aggressive offensively. Hold you like you'll get your chances here guy. and there, but like you're not that guy. But he really he wants to be that guy. It's like my guys, we we got you. Yes, he holding does. midfielder with Gregory. Gregory, he's gonna get his chances also. But man, Mota, 
I, I, I mean, I don't want to say too much because he's played pretty well the last two games. But you could tell that he really wants to get involved offensively. Yeah, I mean, and I could tell, and and I mean, from even when we go to the games, you see him just strike from outside the box, and and that thing's going up in the top of the bleachers. I mean, you know, he's got no shot in daylight to to make a goal, but I mean, he's trying. I, you got to give it to him. I mean, at least we know no, that if sure. he's, if there's a striker back there in the midfielder, it'll it'll be him. I mean, it's not definitely not for lack of trying. And you brought up Lasseter. During the San Jose game, it was his first game back. He looked really rusty. Like really, really rusty. He had a, a, a basically an open goal. I, I think I think with last I, I think with last with Lasseter. Yeah. Huh? And you see that right there. I mean, yeah, you see you see on the play that you just put in right now, uh we got where it's, you know, it's, basically they lost the uh, the other team lost the ball, and Iguain set him up beautifully. I mean, those defenders were in beautiful position to block the shot. Um, he does look fairly rusty after his injury, and I think it's because he does play with pace. And so, coming back from a leg injury, especially when you rely on your pace, I think it's tough to come back at the same sort of capacity that you were at prior to the injury i don't know i i look at this and i see where the defender is positioned and i honestly think let's say that defender stands there and it's a drill and they tell or let's say the mls challenge just happened yesterday let's say the challenge is hit this defender on the head with the ball from where you're standing <laughs> i yeah. bet you he fails nine out of ten times like oh, yeah. it was very difficult the way he just – he literally hit him on the head. Like, the defender didn't move much to get the head on the ball. And, man, it was just bad luck because, I mean, you can have a rusty game, but if you end up with a goal, I mean, for the most part, people are going to be like, okay, well, he scored. And yeah. that, that that was rough. He had a rough game. There was another. We get on – well, a lot of people have gotten on Drake Callender for his footwork, right? His passing, his distribute, distributing. That's why they were saying that maybe Marshman yeah. would get in the game. He had one outlet pass that I couldn't get a highlight of. I wasn't able to find it. But he had an outlet pass that led Lasseter beautifully. It was basically Lasseter and the goalie yeah. one-on-one. Yes. Once the ball it, was, it, was when he, it was when he it was when he had the ball in his hand and he kind of uh he kind of punted it. Yes, but it was beautiful the way it just sailed and it landed right in front of Lasseter. But Lasseter's yeah. heavy first touch. It wasn't a sweet touch. It was a heavy first touch that gave the goalie a chance to go and grab the ball before Lasseter got there. And, man, that yeah. was – that was yeah. if I was Callender, I'd be really upset because Callender would go from everybody hating on his footwork and his distribution with his feet to highlight of the week because that was what – that would have been assist of the week for sure. I mean, that's not an actual award, yeah, for sure. but it would have been assist of the week, the unofficial assist of the week yeah. because that was a beautiful outlet pass. But, but Lasseter, man, he was looking rusty. I, I don't know. With Campana out, Lasseter looking rusty. And and your boy Emerson, I I don't know how – if it's not for Iguain, I'm not feeling very good right now. Well, what, and you and we go back to Iguain, and, and one of the stats that I wanted to tell you before we got on the on the podcast, I wanted to bring this up. And I just wanted to, to make some similarities to Campana and to Iguain because obviously okay. Campana – sort of stole the show from Iguain because of his performance. And then now we're Bring at the it point back. where Campana's give it, injured. Give it back and, to Iguain. Kind of give it to him. The reins back over. Come on. 
Come on, give it to Iguain. So, I'm ready to praise him. So tell one me, of the things, me. feed it to me. One of one of the things that I noticed is that he has uh, a Campana has forty nine scoring attempts, like I mentioned before, and his uh, on target scoring attempts were twenty two out of forty nine. You got Iguain that has 25 scoring attempts and 10 of them are on target scoring attempts. Now, he has scored 10 uh he has scored 8 goals for the season. So and and he's tied with Campana uh, as the mm-hmm. team leader with goals. Now, yes, and I think he might have, he's might have played less games started, also, right? Started 10 games. Well, and that's what I was just going to get to now. You have Iguain who started 10 games only, and then Campana started 18. Mm-hmm. Now, Iguain has played 18 total games, and Campana has played a total of 22 games. But you're talking about eight less starts, so you know you're getting less minutes. For sure. So as far as efficiency is concerned, because minutes, Campana's, uh, Campana's played 1,387 1, minutes. Iguain has played a total of 946 minutes. That those are significant numbers, and so the Big efficiency time. to me of Iguain is just it's 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 insane, you know. Which is one of the reasons why I kind of didn't. I, I mean, I, I kind of understood why people weren't fans of Iguain, but I mean, this guy we he cannot be. It can't be denied that this guy is extremely efficient. Well, he's world class. I mean, the thing was that we felt like he had fallen off. And I'll also be remiss. I don't want to shit on Iguain, okay? Because this is an I Am Sorry Iguain podcast right now. So please don't take it as I'm taking any credit away from him. But I do need to mention the fact that Campana, out of those eight goals, none of those have been penalty kicks. And Iguain has scored, I want to say, two to three on penalty. So some of those didn't come from the run of play. But still, you got to nail those penalty kicks regardless. And Iguain is still yeah. on a roll. So penalty kick or not, run or play, Iguain efficient, like you said. If he's if he's taking a penalty kick, I feel pretty confident that he's going to score. Yes or no? Oh, yeah, and that's why they put him to take penalty kicks. I mean, yeah. So – and so again, we're not going to go too far into the San Jose game. It was it was a little ugly, but then again, we lost Campana and Iguain. So, and the fact that Lasseter came back, he subbed in early, and he got substituted out early. I don't think I've ever seen a player come in as a substitute and then get taken off and yeah. be substituted out. That's how poorly he was playing. But that unfortunately happened. Yeah. But we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt because yeah, he's he had such a good season. But let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's get into Emerson, your boy. And I will – We, if for those of you watching on YouTube for the first time, you need to understand that there is a, a love here. There is a love here <laughs> for, for Emerson from Chris. And I, I hate talking bad about Emerson because I know that is Chris's boy. But we need to talk about san jose game because after that san jose game people were stressed because emerson i think it got to a point where i honestly believe i I gotta actually give him credit because after you have so many failed fast breaks or um 
counterattacks where he's basically by himself with just one defender or the goalie. I think at some point, me personally, after I feel like on the third time, I think I might start running a little slower to avoid getting the ball in that situation just because I feel so embarrassed. Like at that point, I feel like your confidence would be on the floor. But if you look at him, he's still trying. He failed there, boom, a second time, failed again. So let's go a third time. A minute later, he's at it again, running by himself. And what happens again? Loses the ball, heavy first touch. Let's go for a fourth time. Boom, he comes a fourth time, like a minute after this. And this is in a span of like four or five minutes. And look at that pace. He outruns everybody to get this chance. I mean, that's beautiful, man. But he can't finish. He can't finish. And so you you need to be able to finish when you have those chances. So I, I give him credit just for the fact that he wasn't running away from the ball. He failed four times in a span of like less than 10 minutes. But he kept trying. And I'll give it to him because that might kill somebody's confidence. They might let up. They might not run full speed to try to get another. But he kept going. So he's like a, what was it we said last week? A goldfish? He's like a goldfish. He yeah, has that yeah. short-term I mean, memory. I could definitely, yeah, and I could definitely see that. I mean, look, his pace, it, it makes a hell of a difference. Here we go. You're talking about immediately tiring out the defenders. And he knows that that's his that's his that's his biggest advantage. I mean, I was listening to one of the interviews with Phil Neville, and one of the one of the things that Phil Neville mentioned was the fact that everybody knows that Emerson, yeah, I know. It's he's look, listen, I mean, he's an incredible player. And like I mentioned <laughs> that, to you, that's Chris's heartbeat. He's gonna be a that's Chris's heartbeat asset. right there. Yes, that's the heartbeat of the team and right so, there. Uh, and, yeah, and for those of you listening, he's basically flashing a picture of me and Emerson next to each other <laughs> with my eyes, hard eyes. Uh, but uh-huh. regardless, I mean, as far as him and the way that he plays, one of the things that Phil Neville mentioned was that he just has to figure out how to pace himself on the ball, right? Everybody knows that he is lights out uh, and, and and people could throw a through pass, pass a through pass for him. I mean, I think that the moment that he actually realizes his potential with the ball and he can be able to play a little more calmly, I think that Pozuelo is going to be uh, Pozuelo is going to be having assist after assist after assist with this kid. But that's the thing is that his yeah. first touch isn't the greatest. He's not very patient uh-huh. when he gets in the box, and and those are uh-huh. things that he's going to have to learn in 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 time throughout his career. Well, and, and I think that he has some great teammates for that. I mean, Iguain, look, say, say what you want. Even when I was hating on him, I still understood that the experience that he brings is, I mean, it's unmatched by almost anyone in the MLS. I can't think of a lot of players in the MLS that you can have as a teammate that bring the world yeah. of knowledge that he probably brings. And yeah. also Pozuelo. Have you, Pozuelo, the way he is, the patience that he brings, the way he yeah. lets plays build up, the way he just stands on the ball and lets things like just – just uh, just just come to fruition. He waits for those players to cut in. Emerson is gonna learn, and he's gonna keep developing under these players, also under these coaches. So I think that he's gonna pay off. And I mean, he ended up being technically the hero just a couple of days later. So let's get into the Montreal game, where um, I think a lot of people. Well, before we get into it, a lot of people were upset about the scheduling. 
because we had a game on Wednesday on the road out in California. Yeah. And then we had to travel all the way to Montreal, Canada with an event that are being a total of 7,600 miles traveled with this whole road trip. And we were playing against one of the best teams in the East. So at that point, we got three points in San Jose. I think the majority of the fan base for Inter Miami were saying, let's hope for the best, a win, but let's get out of here with at least a draw because four points would be a victory. And yeah. a victory we got because we got that draw. Yeah. And it, and you, and the funny thing is, is that it could have been, it could have been better. We could have scored additional goals in the game. Um, I think I think it's a I think it was a good game, not just for the simple fact that we scored or got a draw, but I think that you're you're starting to see a lot more confidence build up in an offense that, uh, to be quite honest, it, it looks depleted in the front, you know. And we're talking about now um, you have other players that are kind of kicking in, um, you know, participation. You have Jean Mota that finally is going to get gassed because of his last goal. You got uh, Emerson, who who he got lucky in the game. Uh, I know that you're going to get into that goal, yeah. Yeah, and so we're having uh, additional participation. You got Iguain that's riding the wave until until it just dies out, and and hopefully he can be able to keep keep actually riding it for another hundred more games or whatever. Hopefully. But, I mean, it was a, a big-time game. And, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it started off it didn't start off in the best of ways. I was in Disney World with the kids, and I was rushing back to the hotel to try to catch the game. And I figured I'll probably miss the first five minutes or so. And just like that, when I got onto the ESPN app and I turned it on, it was exactly the five-minute mark, and Montreal was celebrating a goal. And, man, I couldn't believe that less than five minutes into the game, we gave up a goal. And it, if this is Inter Miami from last year, that's done. the The personality of that yeah, team game is over. It just, it just, it, yeah. But wow, what, I'm telling you, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because I turned it on. I was like, "Crap, this is gonna be a long game." And as I'm settling into my seat, propping up my tablet, I'm watching that first play by Inter Miami, and man, like, oh no, this isn't it. And I'm watching that first play by by Inter Miami, and it it was just. It was incredible that 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 the personality that this team has because they didn't hang their head. They immediately went down the field and they scored again. And beautiful chip shot, beautiful chip shot beautiful. by Iguain. And, and that pass was on the money. That that was almost the identical play to the play that they had against Cincinnati, where Iguain kind of cut behind the defenders and Pozuelo caught him with that beautiful through pass. It, it was just. That Pozuelo Iguain connection, if it would have been together for a full year, I believe oh. that there's a there's a good chance that Iguain is leading the league in goals. Oh, I honestly say. believe that. I believe that he's leading the league in goals if Pozuelo's here from the start of the season. Yeah, that goes without saying. I mean, that just just on the first couple games, you know, you're, you're starting to see the the connection develop. You're starting to see the fruits of the labor between these two. And and one mm-hmm. thing I wanted to mention to you or or, or, or ask you, mm-hmm. is it me or are we just are we just getting scored on way too early in a lot of games? Because I feel like we're always running from behind. And not from behind uh, during the game. It seems like it's very early in the game 
that we have been getting scored on, and it just sets such a terrible tone. I think you have a point. I'd have to look into it, and and I'll probably I'm gonna look into getting those stats for you next next podcast, next episode, and I'm gonna have those because I'd like to see that breakdown also because I feel like we are playing from behind <laughs> very early most games, but I will yeah. tell you that we don't score very early at all. That goal right there in the fifth minute was by far the earliest goal we've scored all season. Yes, it is. And before. And before this goal, do you know what the earliest was? It was Mota, the game before, in the 12th minute. Oh, yeah. And before that, it was Iguain in the 16th minute or so, the game before that. So we've been producing a lot earlier in games over the last three or four games. But before that, it felt like most of our goals were coming in the 75th minute and later. And that's not yes. a game that yeah, you constantly yeah. want to be playing. You don't want to be counting on those last few possessions no, to you tie do not. or win a game. That's a dangerous game. You you don't want to play, you don't want to play, you don't want to play uh banking all of the of the money, banking all of your winning potential on the last 10 minutes of the game. And even less when nine times out of ten, by the time that you get to those last 10 minutes, Robert Taylor's out of the game. Uh Iguain is probably out of the game. You got Pozuelo for some reason has been coming off the game. And then you're you you're relying it. on what Emerson, Vasilev, Victor Uyoa. Oh, no, no, no. yeah, you're you're relying on uh, uh, on a lot of people. You know, Joven Jones. I mean, we're talking about hey, guys hey, he's, that he's, he's, he's played pretty well when he's come in. I give it to and, him. He's been and he has, well. has he's been passing very well. One that I wanted to mention to you about Pozuelo where I think that he's making a difference is with Bryce Duke because Bryce Duke before used to actually be very impatient and, and make passes that he shouldn't have. And I think that mm-hmm. if there's one person that he's really, really starting to learn from is from Pozuelo. Mm. I, I agree. I mean, Bryce Duke is going to, is going to be the player. I think that benefits the most outside of Iguain on the field I think he's going to be the one that's going to benefit the most from playing next to Pozuelo. And, I, and I'm talking just as far as mentorship because Bryce Duke, to me, is an absolute baller. He was part of the Barcelona Academy. He yeah. was invited to, to, to play with the Barcelona Academy. I think he was with them for maybe a year. So he is a certified baller. And you can see it when he plays. Mm-hmm. He wins the ball and creates off of those one uh, duels in the middle mid, in the midfield. I want to say... Was he the one that won the ball back on that on that late Emerson goal to tie the game? Well, yes. I, I have to look yes, at it. But, but, yes, but Bryce Duke, I think he's going to benefit the most. Now, unfortunately, we gave up that first goal, and then we gave up this this odd handball. And you, the the worst part about this handball is that they gave them a penalty kick. But man, I felt so bad for Calendar because if you watch this. He not only guesses right, but he gets contact on the ball. And it still manages yeah. to somehow slip under him. That would have been one hell of a save. And that would have been the difference in the game, really. But it, when, it, Yeah, when it definitely stops, would have made the difference. Like When you see this still image, I have this still image up on YouTube if, if you're listening on the podcast. But if, if you're watching on YouTube, if you see this still image, you see where the ball is. You see where his body is. It doesn't look like there's many places for that ball to go. It looks like that should be a save. It looks like it's going right in the breadbasket. 
Oh, and there was only one possibility, and and that's where it went. And I, I really thought he had that save, and that would he would have been man of the match if he would have saved that ball. Yeah, but we were down two one. Things were looking kind of weary, but then Chris's boy came to the rescue. And I want to ask you, since that's your boy, does this goal make up? For the horrible display in San Jose. I mean, I think so. It's 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 a feel good. You know, I want you, I want you to look at the replay here because we're looking at the replay. He fumbled all over the place after his first initial attempt. Look at how I want you to. I wish for the next game for the next podcast we have. I want to put together uh, uh, both goals that he scored, and I want you to see the difference in celebration for all the players versus when Emerson Rodriguez scores. Because I could tell you right now, and I'm just going to rewind the clip back, uh, you know, to the point where he kind of crosses right over and then he he misses, busts his ass, he misses the ball completely. Then he kind of panic kicks it. And then look at this. I mean, all of his teammates, they, they are so excited, not just for the team, but specifically for him. And the way that they sort of celebrate, not just for goals, but for his goals, you could tell that everybody wants him to succeed. So I think well, it's I'm good. Sure, I'm sure they feel bad because, I mean, everybody saw what happened in San Jose. I mean, that was fucking bad. The yeah. way that he failed on four consecutive attempts in, in a span of less than 10 minutes. And I will tell you, I don't want to give him too much credit. I'm going to tell you why I don't want to give him too much credit because this is what he does. He creates opportunities for himself, but he can't finish. Any other goalie throws himself on the ball. And look, it's easy for me to say because I'm not the one that gets that you know that takes the chance of getting kicked in the face. But most yeah. goalies throw themselves in the ball. This goalie went in with his feet for some reason. Like I don't know what he was doing. He was like sliding in. Like Emerson really lucked out with this goal. It was and, ugly. And, and if you look, if you look, I, I'm I have the video paused. He 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 tried the goal, missed, missed his second attempt. Then now he's going for his third attempt. Look at Vasilev. He's been asking for that ball. He's been asking that. for that ball. If you if you look at that replay, because I look, I saw it when I was, I saw this replay I had, earlier. I, that. I saw this replay earlier. I want you to watch Vasilev. So Vasilev's on the far side of the of mm-hmm. inside the box, right? So Emerson cuts in, boom, misses. The ball's coming back to Emerson. So you see Vasilev. He's coming back out, right? He's asking for the ball. Right now, here comes Emerson. Emerson at this point is like, I'm getting this damn goal. I'm not even looking at you, Vasilev. So he goes up, gets the goal. He gets the kick. And look, Vasilev is still asking for it. Still asking for this pass. And then once the ball goes in, he kind of like, okay, I guess I didn't need that pass. But it's funny because if he would have missed it, a lot of people would have looked at this. A lot yeah, of people would have looked at this and said it, it's Emerson's inexperience. I mean, look at it. Look at look at from this replay right here. Give me, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Uh, give me the, and then he made it. So I, nobody's going to complain about it. I hadn't noticed, but let me tell you, it's one of the ugliest goals I've ever seen in my life. I think the goalie played that absolutely horribly. I think Emerson lucked out with how bad the goalie played it. And but we got away with the draw. We got that one point. Emerson saved his week because honestly. That, that would have been a really rough week if he misses that opportunity. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. We got the, we got the point, and let, let's look at the standings now. 
We got the standings. Let me put them up right quick. We got the standings. We are currently in ninth place. We are in a four-way tie as far as points go for seventh place, that last spot. Now, before I get into it, when I look and I see that Cincinnati has 32 points and they're in sixth place, it's really frustrating to know that we blew that game yeah, against man. them a couple weeks ago. Because if we keep that lead and we win that game, right now we are sitting at 32 points like Cincinnati is, and they would be sitting at 29 points. No, I'm sorry, at 30 points. Yep. So we would flip-flop with them. And it, it's just really, really rough. It's really, really rough to, to think what could have been. Actually, they'd be 29 points, so they'd, they'd be out of the playoffs. But it, 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 it sucks. But here we are. We're still in the middle of the, with the thick of it. it, it it's, it's crazy. Between – the fifth seed and what the 12th seed it's a difference of four points every game matters well, from here on out and and not only that but then you'd also be looking at i you know to me and and this is scary and i don't know if you agree with this or not but i feel like those three points that we that we really lost the chance of grabbing with cincinnati i feel like that's going to really hurt us in the future if we look, because we got one point out of that. If we end up missing yeah. the playoffs by two points or by one point, for sure, because we we let those two points go. We had that W. And let me tell you something: that Postuelo goal that they called back in that Cincinnati game, where we should have taken a, a four to two lead, that was the difference because the momentum switched once they took that goal off. Cincinnati felt like they had the advantage or the momentum at least. Yeah. They subbed out three defenders and brought in three brand new defenders that played a lot better than the ones that were in there. So that 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 goal alone, where they they called it offside, could change this not change the season, but it could have a definitely uh, a, a big part in the outcome of if we make the playoffs or not. So that'll be rough. But here we are. We're looking at NYCFC on Saturday, which a big time game. They're still technically the defending champs, but no Tati Castellano this time. We're not playing in that baby field anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel pretty good. They've The last two games that they played without Tati, they've only mustered one goal. Technically, two goals. Technically, because they scored two goals against Columbus. But one of those goals was an own goal that Columbus kind of scored on themselves. So even though it says two yeah. goals, they've really only scored one offensive goal. Uh, over the last two games, they've struggled. That last game against Montreal, I'm sorry, two games ago, they, they ended up with a 0-0 draw. They had, I think, one shot and zero shots on target. Like, they're struggling Ooh. without Tati. They're struggling without Tati. And we are the home side. And you know that we are a great team. I'm not even going to say good. We're a great team at home. So I really believe... Yeah. that we are set up nicely to take advantage of this new NYCFC team. We're going to defend home field, and I think we're going to come out with three points this weekend. Yeah, I definitely do see that coming as well. I mean, and and then like you said, Tati's not going to be there. Um, you know, and and offensively they've been struggling. Defensively, um, you know, we're 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 doing okay in the last two games. Um mm-hmm. I, I feel like definitely we're going to have a lot better success. I mean, not just for that game, but even for the next one against Toronto. But, you know, not looking too far ahead, I feel like the New York City FC game is definitely going to help us. I want to see what else is going to happen in the standings later on in the week just to see where everything is going to be floating around. Well, their best defender 
Alexander Kayens, I believe he's injured and he might miss the game also. And he's the heart and soul of that back line. Now, if he's out with an injury, which I'm telling you, he, he he's awesome. He's one of the best defenders in MLS, hands down. If he's out, yeah. which I believe he is, I know he's missing the All Star game. I can't, I don't know how long he's out, but I believe he's out for a, a few weeks. Um, I I do think that we're gonna take advantage of that. Nope, I'm sorry for the pause. It says that he's he's up in the air for Miami, but if he misses this game. The way our offense has been looking at home with Bosuelo, Duke, and Higuain out there, I think we're going to take advantage. And I see a 2-0 victory. I don't see that their offense has been playing very well. I think that there's a good chance we come out with five in the back. Like, Oh, and before we get into this, you you and I talk about the starting lineups a lot when it gets released, right, uh, through Inter-Miami social media. They boom, they, yeah, they show yeah. us the starting eleven. And I feel like every week <clears throat> they put the same formation, four in the back, four, three, three almost. Yeah. But they never actually play in that formation. Like, it's like they – They never do. I, they never do. I, I don't know if, they, if they're trying to fool us or or if they really think that the opposing team is, like, watching their social Paying media attention. or something. Yeah, 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 because I'm like, okay, so we're playing a, a four, three, three today. And that's never the case. I'm always, okay, McVeigh's off at left back. No, he's not. He's playing center back. Robert Taylor is dropping down as a wing back. So I'm not sure why they do that. It's really weird, and I, I've, I've stopped even paying attention. I, I look at it to see who is that starting, like who the starting who's, 11 is. Yeah, who's starting and but, who's backup. Yeah. Right, but I, I no longer pay attention to the formation that they post because it, apparently it means nothing. So what do you think? You know what's funny is if you look on their on their social media page on their on their well, when you look on their app, when you look on their app, just talking about the starting lineup, um, what I always see is that they put two posts up. They put one up showing showing the same information. I think it's the pink sort of the one that has more Mm -hmm. pink in the background, and then they put up another starting lineup which has the same information, but the formation is even different on both of those. And then the actual formation that they play in the game is different than the two that they posted on their social media website. Um, I mean, look, with, with the NYC FC game, I, you know, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a coming out party for Emerson. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely going to be a good game. I, I think um, I think Emerson's gonna have another goal. I feel like at some point something. Emerson Emerson is Emerson Emno Emerson had his chance. Emerson had his chance in San Jose. He had a chance to end up with a with a, a eighty eight plus minute hat trick. He could have scored three times with hundred goals after eighty eight after eighty eighth minute. He had his opportunity. Everybody's been like Emerson might get going. Emerson might get going. This was his coming out party opportunity, and he let it go by. Yes, it was. And it was it was rough. To, you know what it is? Four chances in the last ten minutes. That was and and the worst part is because it happened the last ten minutes of the game. It was like the lasting memory. Like everybody remembered it because it happened the last ten minutes. So everybody was just cussing Emerson out after the game was over. If it would have at least happened in the twentieth minute, 
the 30th minute. You might have forgotten because other things might have happened. But because it happened, yeah. the last yeah. 10 minutes of that game, everybody's like, oh, my God, did you see Emerson? What's this guy doing? It, it was it, it was rough. It could it, Thank God for that ugly goal against Montreal because, man, everybody would still be killing him. Well, I think I think the game is definitely going to come down to a score of three zero, and I think Inter Miami takes this. I think it. I think Inter Miami takes this in in a fashion you, you that's going to be extremely dominant. Yeah, three zero is what I feel like is going to be the score at the end of the game. I mean, if Alex Kyens is out, I could definitely see us putting up three goals. Um, I'm going to play a little safer, say two goals. I don't think that NYCFC will score. Uh, they've been struggling to score as it is without that team. They got no shots on goal against Montreal. They scored twice against Columbus, but one of those was an old goal that Columbus scored on themselves. So they have, they've have they it out one goal in the last two games. Uh, we play very well at home. Our defense is, is, isn't bad. So, some people kill us. Everybody was saying, oh, you beat San Jose 1-0, but San Jose sucks. San Jose scores. Like it's not like San Jose is a bad offensive team. Yeah. They're a horrible defensive team, but they score. And at home, they're yeah. they're pretty well good. And Babase is one of the leading scorers in the in the league. But we shut him down. So our defense, although it's not the best, it's not the worst either. So playing against a depleted NYCFC team, I think we have a great chance. I think we put Listen, up at least two goals. Listen, San Jose might be second to last in the Western Conference. But they have 39 goals. Yeah, yeah. They score. They score. They have 39 Oish. goals. They have more goals. They have more goals than Dallas, which is in third place. They have more goals than Minnesota, which is in fourth place. They have more goals. Uh, they have more goals than than Real Salt Lake, which is in fifth place. I mean, other than Portland, other than Portland. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, other than Portland, other than LAFC, and other than Austin, which is scoring like a hundred goals this season. Oh yeah, they're uh, is they're in the top four. They're in the top four as far as in goals scored. So they they're no joke. And we shut them out. And not only did we shut them out, we shut them out at home. So again, they're bad because they have the worst defense in the league, hands down, the worst defense in the league. Yeah, and that shows because we should have had a million goals that game. Yeah, just Emerson couldn't complete uh, and couldn't finish them. But we're not getting enough credit for the defense. To shut out San Jose at home isn't an easy task, but we did that. Yeah. So, and then Montreal scored one goal in play, and then they scored they on a have penalty the highest, They have the highest goals allowed in the entire league. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the, the most shots on goal also. Like, they're bad. That, that's why when before we were previewing that game, I said, we should be able to score three, four goals on them. Now, I still think yeah. that we played well enough to score those goals. We just didn't have Campana Higuain, which are our finishers. Unfortunately, this team, we don't have any other finishers. And hopefully that doesn't come around and bite us in the ass. I'm really hoping that Coco comes and he ends up being that backup nine that could fill in that role until Campana comes back. But until Coco comes back, until Campana comes back a month and a half from now, we'll see because September we have a lot of road games and we're a good home team. And although this was a decent road uh, trip we just had where we got those four points, we got to keep building off of that because to make the playoffs, we're going to have to win some road games. 
Well, well, and one thing I want to go ahead and touch up on before we go before we end the show here, I want to preview the MLS real quick because I was just taking okay. a look at this schedule. I mean, we got we got a couple of things that can work in our favor here. We have mm-hmm. uh, the Red Bulls are playing Orlando or Orlando, uh, and 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 if the Red Bulls beat Orlando, that's going to work in our favor. We have uh, Cincinnati playing against Atlanta. Atlanta's lower than us in the standings. Uh, you know, we got Cincinnati. Who, if they take a if they take a loss, they could drop. If we got Atlanta taking a loss, uh, you know, they could they could definitely Cincinnati playing get some distance from under us. Uh, Cincinnati's playing uh, Atlanta, and then okay, okay. you have New England, who plays against DC. I mean, the, obviously, the the best thing I can you know look forward to there is that DC gets the upset and drops New England well, down. Hey, DC um, upset Orlando just a couple weeks ago and those late two goals. So it's not out yeah. of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And and then you got Philadelphia playing Chicago. Uh, you know, that's that's definitely a game that I want to pay attention to because if Philadelphia beats Chicago, it'll keep Chicago at their 30 points. And if we get the win, that'll definitely put us right above. Um, you know, so, I, so let's I'm, see. I'm looking at so so Chicago has the seventh seed, and you said they're playing against Philly. So let's yeah. say Philadelphia wins that game, they stay at 30 points. Orlando plays the Red Bulls. Let's say hypothetically yeah. the Red Bulls win that game. Orlando stays at 30 points. New England plays against who was it? Yep. Who was New England playing? I forgot who New England They play against playing. D.C. Uh, D.C. Okay, that was a little rougher because D.C. is such a bad team. But they're playing against D.C., Rooney- yeah. Hopefully with Rooney there, they pick it up. So there's a good chance outside of that New England game that Chicago and Orlando end up losing those games and stay at 30 points. If we can beat NYCFC and have Chicago and Orlando both lose, we are all of a sudden, I mean, I guess depending on New England, but we have this tiebreaker over them because we have more wins, we would be in sole possession of seventh place. So this is a big-time game, especially with the, the teams that we're playing against are playing against some tough competition. Yeah. So thank you for that because that was that was a, a great preview of the MLS week because those are going to be some games to look out for. For sure. All right. Well, I and think I can, and about, I can't, just about I can't wait. No, for sure. And we're going to be there at that NYCFC game. I will be rocking my yeah. I am sorry, Iguain shirt. Uh, for the game, hopefully he sees it and gives me a, a blows me a kiss or something, because uh, I'm sorry and and I'm, I'm one of the few that's actually <laughs> acknowledging that I was wrong because some people are I've saw, seen on Twitter that they're saying that nobody's they, doing that, that you know there's a lot of people that are saying that uh, you know oh I knew it all along uh, apologize I've always to him, believed or yeah or, or here's the the apology application or something or shut up nobody believes in him you know come on. So I'll be rocking that. I, I really think that we're going to win. I think it's going to yeah, be a fun atmosphere. And, and NYCFC travels pretty well as far as their fan base goes. So it's going to be a fun atmosphere at the stadium on Saturday. So here yeah. we go. And I look Another fun week. To it for sure. Another, thank you again, Chris, for joining me on this uh, episode. And uh, we will catch you guys after this W, hopefully. Hopefully we're in, we're in a playoff spot. Anything else, Chris? Later.